Thanks for checking out The Bridge Podcast, a ministry to St. Francis and the surrounding community. It's not a mistake you are here. We pray God speaks to you today. Service times are 9.30 and 11 a.m. Sunday mornings. Feel free to check us out at sfbridge.org. Have a life-giving week. But yeah, hey, it's good to be here with you. My name, for those of you who don't know who I am, my name is Matt, and I'm actually the worship pastor at the Briggs Church, and my wife Kristen was over here on Keys today, and she did an awesome job, so thank you for taking over today. I was originally scheduled to lead worship, but I was like, that's probably going to be a little bit too much to lead worship, also preach, and I think my brain will just be like mush, and so I asked her kind of at the last minute to uh, fill in for me, and I'm just very grateful, so thank you for doing that. Um, and as we get started today, if you guys have your Bibles with you, or if you have a tablet or an iPhone, you can just go ahead, before we even get going, just turn your uh, page or scroll your phone to Psalm 63. We'll be looking at that in a little bit. Um, and I just want to say it's an honor for me to be able to stand here with you this morning and to just look at God's Word with you and to share with you and to be here with you. And I don't believe that anybody in this room is here by mistake. And we're going to be looking specifically at worship. Um, that's why we looked at the, the Tim Hawkins, the hand-raising. Um, maybe some of you saw me doing some of those moves today up there. I don't know when I was worshiping. I probably do. So and maybe I look awkward. I don't know. But we've been in this series called Awkward, and so I thought we should probably talk about a few awkward moments. Like, maybe you know someone who's awkward. Does anyone enjoy awkward moments? Like, do you actually, like, look forward to awkward moments? Okay, there's a few of you. Maybe you're more like myself, and you kind of, like, dread awkward moments, and you're just like, oh, I hate when I feel uncomfortable. Like, I just don't know what to do. My palms get sweaty. My knees get shaky. And I just kind of, like, it's like fight or flight, and I just kind of flight. Like, oh, that's awkward. I'm leaving. I'm, like, out of here. And uh, I don't know, that's like more of my gut reaction. And, you know, maybe you've ha- had an awkward conversation with somebody or you've been on an awkward date. Like one of your friends is like, I really think you'd be really great for this person. You guys should go on a date together. And then you go on like a date, you like go to McDonald's or whatever it is that you go and you're like talking and you're like, this is awkward. I don't know what to say. And this is just very uncomfortable. Or maybe like, and maybe this will make you feel awkward for me even bringing it up, but maybe you have this, like, really horrible wedgie, and you're in the grocery store, and you're like, I'm just going for it. I'm getting this. I'm taking care of this right now. Maybe that's just awkward. Maybe you picked the wedgie. I mean, what? Or maybe you saw somebody picking their nose. I apologize. If you saw my little two-year-old daughter picking her nose, she does it a lot, and it might make you feel awkward. Um, maybe you made an awesome stir-fry, and you put amazing seasoning in it, and then brought it to work the next day, ate it, and went the rest of the day with tons of pepper stuck in your teeth, and you didn't know it, and no one else around you told you. And then you looked in the mirror because you had to go to the bathroom or something, and you saw pepper in your teeth, and you're like, man, that's awkward. No one told me that I was walking around with really weird-looking teeth. Um, or have you ever had that dream where you're, like, walking down the hall, maybe bring, bringing you back, you're, like, in elementary school, or you're in high school, or maybe you're at work, you're walking down the hall, and you're like, man, this is an awesome day. Like, the sun is out. Like, everything's going my way, and you're like, I have the best shoes on. Wait, something's missing. Where are my pants? Have you ever had that dream where you're like, oh, you walked out the door and I forgot to wear pants? I mean, maybe you actually did it. That would be awkward. Um, and maybe maybe there's an awkward person that you know, and we all probably know somebody who's awkward. Like, maybe, maybe it's your wife or your husband. Uh, maybe it's one of your children. Uh, maybe it's just a person that... Like, maybe it's your next-door neighbor, or maybe there's an awkward person. Maybe if you don't know any awkward people, maybe you're the awkward person. I don't know. Um, let's, I mean, let's be honest. We're all a little awkward in our own way. And so the reason why I'm kind of talking a lot about this is because sometimes in church, we can feel uncomfortable, and we can feel awkward. And when it comes to worship, 
we can feel uncomfortable and we can feel awkward. Like, what do I do with my hands? What do I do with my feet? Like, can I kneel or can I sit or do I stand? And why is nobody at the bridge telling me, like, giving me directions on what to do? And so when I spoke about a month ago, we kind of talked a little bit about what worship looks like at the bridge. But before I go on any further, since we're on the conversation of uncomfortable, awkward moments, I thought I would probably like to share an uncomfortable situation that my wife and I found ourselves in a little while ago, probably about four years ago. Uh, when we were kind of like newlyweds and we were all in our like excited, yeah, I'm married stage. And, you know, like going to Walmart was exciting and going and walking through the aisles was really fun. Like, oh, check it that out. That's a cool salt and pepper shaker. And then, you know, like I'm just excited that I'm hanging out with my wife in the middle of this aisle right now. And it was just one of those times where we were just walking through the store. I know we have a really exciting life. And, uh, we were at Walmart and Kristen, I don't, she doesn't really do much sewing now, but she had sewed her own dress and it was amazing. It was great. And it was, she was really excited. And we were walking through the store like a normal day, no big deal. It was probably fall and you had a jacket on. Probably went to about like her hip area. And we're walking and all of a sudden I look over and I, I, I'm like, where's her dress? Like, where is her dress? Like, something's wrong. Like, there's no dress there. All I see is her jacket and below that there's nothing. And so I look over at her and I'm like, uh, your dress is tucked in. And then I like bolted away and I'm like, I do not want to be next to that person because that is extremely awkward and uncomfortable. And rather than like shielding her and allowing her to like properly rearrange her dress, I just bolt because I'm just uncomfortable. Like the fight or flight, you know, like I'm just like, I'm getting out of here. I do not want to be associated with that. Like that is uncomfortable. And, uh, so I just remember we were kind of reminiscing about like, what are some awkward times in our life that we've had together so far. And she's like, yeah, that was a very uncomfortable and awkward situation for me and probably everybody else around me. And um, maybe that's your worst fear. Maybe you've had something like that happen in your life. But hopefully when you come to the Briggs Church and we get to spend some time singing together, that is not how you feel, um, that you don't feel awkward. And uh, last month we just we specifically looked at like, why do we worship? What's the inspiration behind that? And how do we worship? And Colossians 3.16, this is also on the screen, um, but it just says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thanks, thankfulness in your hearts to God. And so it's scriptural for us to get together and meet and sing like we just did a little while ago. And we looked at the concept of a church service itself, and, and what that looks like here at the bridge. And we defined it, and I'm just giving a quick recap in case you guys weren't here, and then I'll move on to the next part. But we defined what our worship looked like at the church as being life-giving. And in order to be life-giving in our worship, we said, number one, our worship is to be about God and nothing else. And we talked about more specifically about what that is, and then we also looked at the fact that our worship is to be unselfish. It's not about us. And, you know, if I'm leading worship up here, and, man, I forgot to turn on the air conditioning. It's a little chilly today, but sometimes it gets pretty warm in here. And I'm starting to get really sweaty. Like, I think for me personally, I would be able to worship God more clear-headedly if I just took off my shirt and, you know, so I wasn't so sweaty. And I could probably focus on his goodness better if I wasn't focusing on the temperature in the room. But the thing that that would do is that would be a selfish way I would be worshiping God because then all of a sudden I would be causing a distraction. And it would cause the focus for the rest of us as a group to go off of God and onto why is Matt not wearing a shirt? And so uh, we talked a little bit about like what is unselfish worship look like in the context of just a group 
worshiping God together at the bridge. And, you know, we don't want to stifle the creativity of worshiping. Um, and we don't want to stifle, like, raising our hands. And sometimes it's, sometimes we sit, sometimes we stand, sometimes we just listen to the music and we, we don't outwardly express ourselves. And other times we do. Other times we sing or we pray or we clap our hands or, uh, we raise our voices or we might dance a little bit. And that's okay. Those are appropriate expressions of worship. Um, but we just, where we decided, like, where we draw the line is when we become a distraction and we take the focus off of God. And so, I ran short last month. That was probably about all I really got to. And all of a sudden my time was up. And I kind of knew that was going to happen because when I was practicing last month, I was like, man, there's no way I can get through all this. And so what happened is I decided to break it out into two parts. And so I want to look a little bit more into what worship is beyond just singing at the Bridge Church. And so before I do that, before we go into that, I just want to take some time just to pray. So if you guys could just bow your heads with me, I'm just going to pray and give this time to the Lord. Jesus, we thank you so much uh, for the cross. We thank you that you give us life. Lord Jesus, we are all about you. And today, I pray that we could be God-centered and that we could be unselfish as we learn about you today. Lord, I just pray that, um, God, we would recognize the power of worship in our lives. Lord, that we were created not just to worship, but we were created as worshipers, and we are worshiping all the time. And so, Lord, I just pray today that you'd speak to our hearts. God, that you would... Um, just show us how to live just a life sold out for you. And God, I pray that you'd give me your words today, Lord, that I would just speak your heart as we learn about you and as we learn about worship. We pray this in your name, in Jesus' name, amen. And so as we continue to get into this, the subject of worship, um, sadly, some people think of worship as just singing music or singing a song or it's an event that happens one time. It happens on a Sunday morning at the Briggs Church, you know, or it happens, you know, I don't know, when I'm listening to music, and we think about it as a genre of music, like Hillsong, Jesus Culture, Jeremy Camp, um, Bethel. I'm trying to think of all these different worship groups. And we have our iTunes collections or our Spotify accounts or our Apple Music or whatever it is that we use to listen to music. Maybe it's maybe it's uh, tapes or records or CDs, I don't know, or 8-tracks. I don't, know. I don't even remember what those are because that was before my time. But um, we have our music, and maybe we have it organized by genre, and we have like heavy metal, and we have rock, and we have rap, and we have like classical music, and country, and we have like swing music or whatever, and then we have worship, and that's the category, and that's sometimes what people think of as worship, is it's like a genre of music. And you know, worship is all of those things. However, uh, worship is big enough to include those things, but it's also so much more and so much broader than just that. And in, in some regard, worship is all of life, every aspect of it, how we're connected to God or how we choose to be disconnected from God are a result of, of how we worship. And so I just wanted to read, I, earlier I asked you to open up to Psalm 63, and so we're just going to take some time right now, and we're just going to read that together. I'll just read it, and you can follow along. I think it's on the screen as well if you don't have it in front of you. And it just says this, You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole heart longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. I've seen you in the sanctuary. I have beheld your power and your glory. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. I will be fully satisfied with the richest of foods. With um, with singing lips, my mouth will praise you. On my bed, I remember you. I think of you through the night watches because you are my help. I sing in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your right hand upholds me. And we'll just stop there. And at the Briggs Church... 
our vision as a church and our mission as a church, and I know Pastor Chris talks about this a lot, and you hear other people say this, and actually, when you drive in, you see it on the sign, in the, um, when you drive in to, to see the church, you see it on the sign, but our, our mission and our vision as a church is to be a life-giving church and to connect people to eternal life in Jesus. Really, that's what it means to be a life-giving church, is that we're focused on Jesus. And um, our heart behind what we do at the bridge is really just to lead people to connect in an authentic, in a real, life-changing relationship with Jesus. I mean, that's what we're here. That's what we're here to do. That's what we're all about. And everything that we do at the bridge is defined by that. So, like every decision that we make has to do with what is our vision, what's our mission, why are we here, what's our purpose, what are we doing. It shapes our philosophy for ministry. It shapes our decision making. It it makes us think, okay, yeah, we're gonna do this. This is a great idea. We're gonna sing this song, or oh no, we're not gonna sing this song. Or, yeah, we're going to make our stage design like this, or no, or, or like whatever we decide to do, it all has to fit within our vision and our mission. And knowing our purpose and knowing that makes us have more of a clear picture. And as individuals, like you and I, as a personal level, we also need to ask ourselves kind of that same question. Like, what is my vision for my life? What is my mission? What is my purpose? Why am I here? Like that per- perver- proverbial uh, question, like, what, what is the purpose of life? You know, like that philosophy 101 that you take in school, like that question that like a teacher would ask you and you're just like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know what the answer is, but we need to all define what that is. And the way that we answer that question for us will, just like for the bridge church as a whole, like it will determine how we choose to live our life, the patterns that we take. And for us to answer those questions, we need to look at the word of God. And so just really going to dive into that here, but we were made in the likeness of the image of God. We were made as worshipers. We were made worshiping. We ceaselessly pour ourselves out. We give ourselves away. Our hearts, our minds, our money, our devotion, our time, it all goes somewhere. It all goes to something or it all goes to someone. And everyone who has ever lived or whoever will live is a worshiper and is chasing something and is chasing someone and we're pursuing something. This is the way God created us and this is actually a good thing, okay? And so, we weren't simply created, like, there's a song that comes to mind, and I, I think Chris Tomlin wrote it, and it's like, we, you and I were, were made to worship. I don't know if you've heard that song. And I think that's a good song, but we weren't just made to worship. I'm just going to take a quick sip here. My, I have, like, a bug in my throat, so hold on. Sorry. I had a cold this week, and for some reason, I have, like, this tickle in my throat, and it's driving me crazy. So, But I'm pretty much done being sick, but sometimes when I talk, it's like my throat just constricts. And it's like, you don't want to talk anymore, throat. Okay, start talking. All right. So, Chris Sumlin wrote this song, You and I Were Made to Worship. And I challenge that a little bit, and I get it. We're made, we were made to worship our created one, so I get the context of that. But we weren't just made to worship. We were made worshiping. Every second of our life, we're worshiping. We're doing something. We're making choices. It's not really like we choose to worship and we choose not to. We're worshiping. And that's the way God created us. And um, as individuals, um, you know, because of the fall, we tend to turn. And when I say the fall, I mean there was this thing in Genesis 1 that happened where, unfortunately, sin entered the world in the human race. And because of that, we are imperfect, we are imperfect people. And sin has entered this world. Our relationship with Jesus, our relationship with the Lord is not in a perfect state. And things are messed up. And that happens in the context of our worship too. Our worship can get messed up a little bit. And so because of that, we tend to turn our worship away from that which is good, which is God. And we worship the things that are other than God. We worship other people. We worship other things. We worship stuff. 
And we have been invited into a relationship with God through Jesus to worship. And not just worship things, but to worship God rightly. And in a way that gives glory to God, and in another way that, that actually brings joy to our hearts, because that's the way God originally intended for us to worship, is to worship Him. And so, in Romans 11.36, uh, we just read this. It says, For from Him and through Him and for Him are all things. To Him be the glory forever. Amen. And we hear that word glory all the time, and we're like, what does the word glory mean? I mean, is it some church word? Like, we think about it. We, we probably, a lot of us have probably said that word, but I was just looking into it a little bit, and glory literally means like weightiness. It means it's the most important thing, the most significant thing, the most prominent thing, the biggest priority in your life, the greatest treasure, your deepest longing, your source of hope, and your source of joy. To give glory to something, that's what you're doing. In Romans 12.1, which is one of my favorite verses, it says this, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. And I've shared that verse with the worship team uh, many times. And I just think as as we are worshipers, um, we hold on to things. And maybe it's our own selves. As we are worshipers, it could be a relationship. You know, when we're in, when, when we're in this world, when we get tweaked a little bit and our focus isn't on God, it could, maybe it's a pet, maybe it's like your favorite cat, or maybe it's a spouse, and maybe they're your world, or maybe it's a, a car, or a hobby, or a child, or an income level, or a social status, or reputation, or an education, or a valuable possession, or a pastime, or whatever it is, it, what, what is it that gets us out of bed in the morning? What is it that gets us excited? What is it that our hearts and our minds long for and desire the most? Is there something in our hearts that is above all else? Is there someone in our hearts that is above all else? Like, what's the most important thing? Or, like, what's the thing that you would say, this is my world. My world is this. And functionally, like, whatever that is, whatever pops in your mind, in a way, functionally, that could be considered your God. And it's possible that it's not God, it's something else. And it's possible, you know, in all of our lives, it's possible that it probably happens to all of us, and it could happen to us occasionally throughout the week. And when we think about worship and worshiping something, we make like sacrifices for that. And I'm not talking about like in the Old Testament when they like took an actual like goat and they like sacrificed it like with a knife and then like blood came out. I'm not talking about like something like creepy like that. I mean, when we, when we worship something, we make sacrifices for it. So we, we give something up because we have limited resources. We have limited time. And so like if I decide to go hang out with Pastor Chris on a Sunday afternoon, that means I'm saying yes to him, but I'm saying no to my kids and to my wife. And so, in a way, that's I'm making a sacrifice to hang out with him. I'm sacrificing time with my family. And we have limited, um, you know, we have limited dollars to spend. And so, if I say I'm going to go to Caribou Coffee or Starbucks or Dunn Brothers or wherever your favorite coffee place is, and I'm going to buy this like $10 mocha with like whipped cream and I don't know, like tons of caramel and chocolate chips and all this stuff on it, it ends up costing like $10.50, which is ridiculous because I could buy like a whole bag of like pre ground coffee for that amount, but um, if I decide to do that, what am I giving up? Now I have 10 less dollars to spend on something else. So I think you guys get it. Like We have limited resources, and so in, in, in a way, when we sacrifice our money or our time, that gives us an idea of like what, what are we making sacrifices for and what are we worshiping. And for some people, like we can worship things, so like we can worship our stomach. And instead of like eating a normal amount of food, I might eat like, instead of eating one steak, for dinner, I might eat like four steaks. 
and I might be like, this is so good. I just need to eat like, I need to eat like 40 steaks right now. And like, I do that every meal, not just like once in a great while. Like, I don't know. I mean, that would probably be like, okay, I think I'm worshiping my stomach right now. Um, and maybe it's car, maybe it's a car, maybe it's sports or, you know, maybe whatever it is. We all have different things that we tend to gravitate towards when it comes to like what we're worshiping. And so all that to say, we're all worshipers. The only difference between us is the object of our worships, like who we're worshiping or what we're worshiping. And so Romans 125 just says this, and you know, I'll try to keep, I'll try to keep going here. I'm hoping we don't run out of time. It just says this. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. So that's exactly kind of what we're talking about here today is what are we worshiping? Are we worshiping the creator or are we worshiping created things? And in this case, we can see that it's our human nature and that we can get so far off that even good things that God has made can become bad things. And that those things that are they're not dangerous towards us. They can become dangerous towards us if they're pu- pulling us away from God. And so sometimes we think, like, if I change the way I look, or if I change my identity, if I change my friends, or if I change jobs, or if I change cars, or if I, I change everything in my life, then then I'll actually be happy. You know, if, if I could just have that one thing, then I'll actually be happy. If I can have that promotion, then I'll be happy. If I can just get married, then I'll be happy. Oh, I have two kids. If I could just have three kids then I'll be happy. Or, you know, if I could just get my wife to like me like two out of the seven days a week, then maybe I'll be happy. You know, we're chasing that one thing and we're just moving from one false thing to the next false thing. And we worship that and we're looking for that. And why why do we do that as human beings? And, you know, it's our human nature. But really what ends up happening is if we if we live that way, we end up becoming really unhappy in life. And nothing really seems to make us happy. We have this empty hole in our hearts and, and and we can't get that filled. And really, all I want is to be happy. All I want is to have joy and pleasure. All I want is I want to have it my way right now. I want to have my friends. I want to meet my needs. I want to build my own self-esteem. And so we end up bending our worship away from God. And in turn, we serve ourselves and we lose sight of God. And then you're like, man, I want it my way. I'm an American. I want to like go to McDonald's and have my fries like perfectly cooked and hot. And I want to have it in like two seconds. I don't want to wait ten seconds. I want it in two. I want it right now. I want it my way. And we simply think that having things our way will make us happy. And um, I just want to say that like we're all worshiping all the time, no matter what we're doing. And so that is how sometimes we can get bended and we can get twisted. And even as Christians, like we can end up screwing up a little bit and start like, like looking into those things a little bit. And 1 Corinthians 6.10 says this, you were bought at a price Therefore, honor God with your bodies. First Corinthians 10.31 says this, Whatever you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. I know for me that when I worship God, when I worship the Creator, then I get to rightly enjoy created things. Then I get to rightly enjoy them. It's okay to have nice things. It's okay to want to have nice things. It's okay to want to have a marriage or to have three kids or to have a wife that likes you more than two out of the seven days a week. It's okay to want those things. But we need to ensure that we're rightly enjoying the created things that God has given us and that we are worshiping God, not those things. And so I know for me that when I'm doing that, that's when I find the most joy in my life because things and people and objects, they're going to let me down, but I know God won't. He's my source of joy. Jesus is my source of joy. And we can take every moment of our life and we can see it as an opportunity to glorify God. 
when we worship Jesus, we worship God the Creator, we're now freely able to enjoy creation. And church, this is worship. This is what I think of when I read Romans 12, 1 and 2, when it talks about living our lives as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing unto God. Living sacrifice, living sacrifice. I think about decisions. I think there's 1,440 minutes in a day. And if you think we just make one worship choice every minute, that means we're making over 14,000 decisions every minute of every day of who we're going to worship and how we're going to worship. And if we're a living sacrifice to God and we're um, living out Romans 12, 1 and 2 as a spiritual act of worship. We're making 1,400 or more decisions a day. We're making those decisions to be a living sacrifice. We're saying, God, I'm going to give up time with fill in the blank, whatever it is, and I'm going to spend it with you. Or I'm going to enjoy this while worshiping you as my creator and finding my true source of joy and happiness in you, not in the thing that I'm enjoying at the moment. And so worship is more than an hour. Worship is more than singing. Worship is more than a Sunday morning. It's every single moment. Every hour, every single day of our lives. The worship team, it's, it's five minutes before. You guys can come on up and you can start playing behind me. Um, I'm just going to start closing us up here. Okay, so, cool. Um, the greatest expression of who God is and what he has done is found at the cross. The emperor, the king of the universe, is so richly saturated in mercy and his love is so great that he would send his only begotten son to come to this earth to live a perfect life and then to be illegally charged as a criminal and a lawbreaker. The word of God says that he was beaten that he, the, the very hair on his, on his beard was pulled from his face. Like, I don't have a huge beard right now, but I can't imagine how bad that, that just in itself would, would feel. They, the people spat on him. They, they mocked him. They took a crown of thorns and they pushed it, like, shoved it on his head. He was bleeding all over the place. Then they laid him on the ground. They drove nails into his hands. They drove nails into his feet. They hoisted him up for all the world to see and to make a spectacle of him, to make fun of him. And he was found between two thieves, two criminals, and even they were making fun of him and mocking him. And his blood, uh, uh, his blood filled up his lungs, and he hung there on the cross, and he breathed his last breath. And the word of God says that the earth shook, and that the curtain of the temple was torn into, into two. The Bible also says um, that those who were with him, they were keeping watch over Jesus. They saw the earthquake and what took place, and they were filled with awe and said, Truly, this is the Son of God. That's who we worship, church. That's what God did for us. And true gospel-centered worship is our response to who God is and what he has done for us in our lives. And it begins with the cross of Jesus. But it doesn't end at the cross, okay? He didn't stay there. He didn't die. He wasn't stuck there forever. He didn't die forever. The Bible says that Jesus is now seated in heaven. He is in heavenly realms. He is at the right hand of the Father. He intercedes on our behalf. He's being worshipped right now by all the angels and all of those who have gone before us. They cry out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who, who was and is and is to come. Never will his praise end. When you and I join into that song, when we cry out holy, when we cry out worthy, we're joining in the language of heaven. Our worship doesn't just end on this earth when our life ends. It's carried on through all eternity. We sing hallelujah because Jesus is worthy. Jesus is the centerpiece of our praise. Jesus is the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the great I am. Church, Jesus is worthy of our worship for all that he is and all he has done for us. And we've said it time and time again, but that's the purpose of why we're here. (laughs) That's why we exist. We're here to bring God glory as a church and as individuals in our lives, every moment of of our lives. And so as I wrap up today, we can see very clearly that worship is much more than just singing. It's much more than than just a one-time event in our lives, but it's every aspect of our lives. It's who we are as people. 
And so now is just our chance to respond. And and maybe maybe you don't know Jesus, and, and maybe you're just like, I want to know him. And deep down inside, you're like, yeah, I come to church, and I, I come here once a week, and I, I do my thing. But really, I don't feel like I can truly deep down inside call myself a Christian. And today at the Briggs Church, we want you to start today, and we, we want to give you that opportunity. And we just... We want you to invite Jesus to change your life into an authentic, real, life-changing way. And we want him, we want you to ask him to forgive you and, and realize that Jesus is alive and, and, and that his promises are true and his promises are real for you and that you can worship him instead of the created things. And, and maybe your response today, and, and I'm actually not going to sit here up on the stage and, and pray with you, but maybe, maybe your response today is when the worship team starts singing, maybe in your heart, you go back to what we read earlier in this message in, in Psalm 63, and maybe you just say, God, you are my God, and I will ever praise you. Maybe you just start out by saying that. Maybe that's your response. And maybe after, after service, you might want, might want to come up and talk with me, and, and I, I'd gladly lead you in a prayer, um, just to, to rekindle your heart with God. And, and maybe you're already a Christian, but as I was talking today, maybe you already have a relationship with Jesus, and He is your God, but maybe there's things in your life um, and as I was talking, things that popped into your mind, and maybe they're good things, and maybe they're not like horrible things, but maybe unfortunately you've maybe elevated them a little bit too high in your life, and they've started to impede on your worship of God. And maybe you're like you didn't even realize it until right now, but you're actually like somewhat worshiping something else that you shouldn't be worshiping. And I just want our response as we sing this song to be to reflect on what those things might be in our hearts. And as we're singing those, this, these words to this next song, and as we're standing together and worshiping God, I just invite you, um, like we talked about from the Tim Hawkins video, I just invite you to, to raise your hands. And as you raise your hands and those things come to mind, I just invite you to symbolically just to release them and to just allow God to become the center of your worship, to realign your hearts. And so we're, the worship team is going to start singing, and we're just going to go back into a time of reflection and worshiping God. And I just encourage you, church, let's just be who God created us to be. Let's be worshipers of God. Let's not be worshipers of created things, but let's worship the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and that's Jesus Christ. Amen. This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.